Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, Davy Crockett, and Lee. Coming to you from the D Tom Studios in the Free State of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Baby New Year Q. How's everybody doing out there today? (laughs) It is December 30th, 2022. Our last show, my last show of uh, 2022. I won't be doing a show show tomorrow. I'm going to get drunk. New Year's Eve, right? It's what you do. You have to pardon my, if I mess up with my speech a little bit today, um, bit the hell out of my tongue yesterday eating a protein bar. I, I I guess I attacked it like a vicious Rottweiler on a friggin' steak and my tongue's a little swollen, so I, I'm <laughs> kind of gets in the way a little bit, but anyway, so, uh, I, I'm drinking, I'm drinking water, so it's not, you know, that I'm pounding whiskey and I'm I'm literally my tongue is too big for my mouth right now anyway so anyway last show of 2022 and uh, I think what we're going to do today and maybe a show or two next week we're going to stay on top of current events and the reason that is once again like I said in the last show everyone else is on vacation so it's 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 funny and I'm not even just talking about podcasters, but even like in news media, it's uh, you know slow news cycle, slow time of the year. You know, Congress is out. You know, when they come in, it's gonna be new people, some new people, whatever. Nothing really going on, but there is stuff going on, and there's stuff that's going on. There, <laughs> some of these things I'm going to talk about is stuff that was released like a week or so ago kind of disappeared in the quote-unquote slow news cycle um, just to happen to resurface in the last couple of days why, oddly enough, everyone's on vacation. So, and why is that? Why do you suppose that is? It's because <laughs> no one's going to talk about it, right? Now, like I said on the last show, when I uh, talked about the omnibus uh, spending bill, this isn't a big show. We don't have thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever, 
uh, listeners. I'm not even trying to pretend like we do. Granted, we're heard in just about every state in this country and, I don't know, 20 or so other countries. Now, mind you, it might be one person in that state. It might be one person in that country. And that's fine. One person can hopefully turn into two, can hopefully hopefully turn into six, can hopefully turn into a hundred, right? And that takes you guys to help me out with that. Uh, I've said this time and time again. I have a full-time job, and this is a part-time podcast. I do this, try to do this three days a week. I don't get paid to do this. I don't make any money. Um, I mean, mind you, if you guys partake in the sponsorships of um, Redcon 1 and Christian Lawson, then yeah, I could make a little bit of money, whatever. But I'm not doing this for that. Now, I would be lying to you if I told you I didn't want to do this full-time. Like if... If I was offered a job, uh, whether it be through a a podcast uh, syndicator or or whatever, I would do that. Um, I I have a face for radio. Oh, wait. I have a voice for radio. I could do this full time. But, you know, I'd have to get paid. So, obviously, I can't do this for free full time. But, nonetheless, at any rate... um, where was I going with this? I don't know. News. <laughs> um, I try to do what I can do in the time that I have allotted to me. I, I don't work a ton of hours. I work a funky schedule. I get up at 11 o'clock at night, going to work around 1230 in the morning. By choice, it's not that I have to go in at that time. I do it by choice. Um, and, uh, you know, work about 9, 10 hours a day. And so... It, I try to do everything I can do to bring you a show. And that's why I was staying away from current events because it was easier to just do subject matter where I could talk about a story, do one, two, three you know, shows on that. And, uh, and to stay away from the, top, the uh, topical stuff, uh, mainly because, like I said, surely you're not, this isn't the only podcast you're listening to. And I don't want you to listen to one, two, three, five, whatever other podcast, and we're all talking about the same thing. I wanted to bring you here for something else. So the I, I, reason I'm talking about topical stuff is because no one else is. Everyone else is on vacation. Most of your top podcasts are out. They might be playing best of bits or whatever. And um, so, you know, it takes you guys, the, the you know, hundred or so loyal listeners that we have here to share this like I said if you're in another country and you're in whatever state in in America you know we have people in Canada a ton of people in Europe over that way that listen to the show it takes you guys and gals to share this um our number one downloaded app or you know the the app that gets the most plays I guess I should say is Spotify so and then it goes uh, Apple and then uh, I don't know what the third one is but nonetheless that between Apple and Spotify is is one and two we're heard on every podcast app possible chances are if you have an iPhone you have Apple podcast it's automatically on your phone if you don't have an iPhone uh, iPhone Every other phone 
out there, with the exception of the iPhone, runs on Android. Android is a Google service, therefore you have Google Play. So, we're on Google Play. Okay? Those are apps that are automatically on the phone that you purchase. So, now if you so choose to download Spotify or Podbeam or iHeart or Stitcher or Amazon Music, uh, I'm sure I'm missing one or two, uh, TuneIn FM, um, I, I don't know all of them. The only app we're not on, for whatever reason, is Pandora. I don't know why, whatever. Point being is this. Spotify is probably the most popular um, uh, podcast app out there. Podbeam is a part of Spotify, and that's actually who puts out our podcast. Um, I had when I when we first started doing the podcast, we tried to encourage people to download the Podbeam app, and the only reason that is is we could do live shows. I can do a live show every day. Um, but if I only have 40 subscribers on Podbean, <laughs> those are the only people who are going to be able to hear it. It doesn't broadcast over Spotify and uh, Apple and so on and so forth. So, but whatever. If you want to subscribe to Podbean, please do. It doesn't cost anything to download the app. I guess if you have the... The biggest thing would be having room on your phone, right? So anyway, point being is this. Share it with your friends, guys. If they have a cell phone, chances are they have an Android device or a, an iPhone. Boom. They don't need Spotify. They already have an app to listen to podcasts. Just need to search Don't Tread on America on said device. Also, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, um, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker at um, Don't Tread on America. So you can find out all the updates. And also whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, subscribe to the show. It doesn't cost anything. Um, that way you'll get notifications. Hey, there's a show up. I try to keep it to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, if I could get more people to be uh, interactive on Facebook, I might get back into doing some Facebook live shows on Saturday nights. I was doing Saturday Saturday night live shows, you know, usually when my wife was at work and I was just at home bored, you know, <laughs> get on there and you could see my ugly mug and I'd be goofy and we'd talk about some stuff. But um, it's boring doing a show like that if you don't have interaction. That's the biggest thing with the live shows is, is you can get back and forth. People can ask questions. People can comment, whatever. So, anyway. Your help, guys. Please share this with your friends. Follow us on social media. We also have a website, don'ttreadonamerica.com. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's dtom underscore 1775. Okay, also, let's not forget about our newest sponsor, to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off your purchase price. Now, Christmas obviously is past. Valentine's Day, guys, right around the corner. Check them out, Christian Lawson. Promo code DTOM, 30%. Buy something. Do it. Let's do it. Come on. 
You're going to be getting tax returns. So don't tell me you can't afford no watch. I know they're a little pricey, but you're getting 30% off. Boom. All right. Into the the uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and do this right here because this <laughs> this particular story that I'm going to talk about. I have uh, let's see one, two, three, four, five. No, four stories. So not we shouldn't go too long. I mean, I say that, and you know, it'd be like an hour later. But I haven't done one of these segments in a while, so let's go ahead and do this. News of the obvious with your host, PCGC. That's right. News of the obvious, right? Shocker. Joe Biden and the White House have been lying to us about job numbers. <laughs> Shocker, right? Now, I have been saying on this show for at least a year, probably longer, but at least a year. Every month, we come out, oh, jobs, 100,000 jobs, a million jobs, 500,000 jobs, 400,000 jobs. We've created all these jobs. And I've stated every month that those job numbers have come out that the Biden administration hasn't created any jobs. Zero. Zero jobs have been created by this administration. Now, you might be listening to this and saying, you're a fucking crazy dude. He's created 10 million jobs. And my argument to that is every month it would be, oh, 6 million jobs. Oh, 650 million or, you know, 6.5 million jobs. Oh, 7 million. Oh, 8 million, 9 million, 10 million. No, zero. Zero is the number. He has created zero jobs. Why do I say that? Okay. The Democrats, people on the left, liberals, idiots, morons, will sit there and say Trump's unemployment Numbers were outrageous, the worst in history since the Great Depression. Okay, technically, you can't argue that. That is technically true. Okay, but much like the Great Depression, that wasn't necessarily a president's fault. He doesn't control Wall Street. He doesn't control those entities. Um, you could make the argument that maybe... Uh, who was president? I think Wilson, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson, Wilson at the time of the Great Depression when it was creeping in. Um, you could make the argument, maybe policy, blah, 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 whatever. But I'm going to say this, and and it's going to sound like I'm a Trump fanboy, and, I, and I'm going to say I'll take Trump over Biden any day of the week. Okay? And I'm, I would assume most of y'all would agree with me. But I'll say this. Prior... To March of 2020, job numbers were were perfect. I mean, unemployment was around three percent. I think I, I don't know the exact number. It was around three point whatever percent. He was cre actually creating jobs. Okay, so when he took over from from Obama, I don't know. I don't have these numbers in front of me, so just pardon my my ignorance. But you know, he created jobs every year. The job numbers increased until March of 2020. Well, what the hell happened in March of 2020 to cause, during the course of the rest of the year, from March of 2020 to the end of that year, what caused 11 million people in this country to lose their jobs? Corona, right? COVID. That wasn't Trump's fault. That locked down the country. Now... 
you could make the argument that initially, yeah, okay, Trump said we need to do this because that's what he was getting bad advice. He also said shortly thereafter that we needed to reopen. The problem was the state said, uh-uh, we're not reopening, you know, with the exception of like Florida. And later on, a little later on, Texas and Georgia and so on and so forth. Actually, I don't think Georgia actually ever closed. But point being is, of the 50 states, you probably had 10, maybe, that never closed or opened shortly thereafter. So a lot of people in those states were able to keep working. Okay? But the other 40 or so states that locked down, some for a year or more, you had a lot of people lose their jobs. And they were getting unemployment from the state, plus they were getting an extra bump from the government. And then they chose to stay home. Okay, but point being is this. From March of 2020 to December of 2020, you had 11 million people, roughly. It was 11 point whatever, but we'll just say 11 million lose their jobs, whether by choice, because of the government shutdown, so on and so forth. My argument is, and this is where my zero number comes in from Biden, he's only brought back, if you even want to give him any credit, 10 million jobs. Give her, you know, I don't know the exact number, but we'll just call it 10 million. And I've said this, he's still a million short. Once he passes that 11 million, whatever that number is, point... Once it's like, um, you know, 11 million people lost their jobs. We've now have 11.2 million people back to work. I'll start giving him credit for creating jobs. Until then, he hasn't created any jobs. Only thing that's happened is the country's finally opened back up. People are finally getting, things are finally getting back to somewhat of normalcy. So people are going back to work. Therefore... You're quote unquote creating jobs, which you're really not. Ah, excuse me, I had to take a drink. So then this comes out. Ow. I keep biting that damn tongue. I'm not going to get any better. But have you wondered, and I brought this up, if he's creating all these jobs, if these numbers are true and all these people are going back to work and whatever. I've said, have you wondered why in the past two years, I've said this, we've heard the White House brag about all these jobs, right? But yet, anytime you go anywhere, and, and I'm saying this from the state of Florida where we reopen relatively quick, but I would, I'd be willing to bet this is everywhere in this country that everyone seems shorthanded. I don't care if you go to the grocery store, if you go to Walmart, Target, you know, your drugstore, your local, maybe not your mom and pop shops because mom and pop's running them, but your uh, restaurants. Have you noticed how everyone's shorthanded, but yet everyone's back to work or more so? It's probably because what we've been being told has been a lie. I Like I said, news of the obvious. Joe Biden lies, right? So we can say with... Biden in the White House, there hasn't been much to brag about regarding the U.S. economy. But that hasn't obviously stopped them from hyper-focusing on little slivers of good news.
Such such as the instance that job growth under Biden has remained strong despite the overall disastrous economy. And and that's something I have argued is how can you say all these people are going back to work when, like I said, you go anywhere, you go out to dinner, you go wherever, and they're shorthanded, whether it's wait staff, cooks, combination of the two. Um, how can you say that people are going back to work and all these numbers and all this stuff when obviously these stores, these places are shorthanded? Why are they shorthanded? Because the economy isn't doing so great. And I'm not talking about your grocery stores or Walmart. People obviously need to go to those places and buy food and whatever. I'm talking about, I'm mainly focusing on going out to dinner. Okay, and the reason I say this is because yesterday, for example, I got done with work, me and my wife had eye appointments, so we went to the eye doctor, yada, 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 wanted to go get lunch. Okay, we go to a restaurant, it's, uh, I don't know, one thirty or so in the afternoon. So it's not lunchtime. They're not busy. It's not dinner time. It's in between. Okay? The restaurant is relatively empty. It wasn't wasn't busy. Plenty of empty tables. Oh, it's going to be a 5-10 minute wait. Okay, not a big deal. 5-10 minute wait. But there's places to sit. <laughs> Was it? I think I only saw two, two or three different waitresses, waiters, working. Now, was it between shifts? Was it what? I don't know. Or is it that they're shorthanded? Because that's not the first time I've gone to a restaurant. And it's been a 20, 30 minute, hour, whatever wait. And I can see empty tables. Is it the lack of wait staff? Is it lack of uh, kitchen help? I don't know. But there's obviously a lack of something. Now, the stores aren't necessarily busy. It seems like they're busy if you have to wait 20, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. But I don't think as many people are going out to eat as they were. And the reason that is, things are more expensive. I'm not just talking about going out to eat. I'm talking about gas, groceries, your daily whatever needs. On top of going out to dinner is not cheap. But, so Florida Republican uh, Senator uh, Rick Scott is crying foul on a particular narrative after a recent bombshell report by the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia revealed that second quarter job growth numbers touted by the president and the White House are way off the mark. Previously, Biden administration bragged that between March and June, over a million jobs have been created based on the estimates from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The, the number made for strong headlines and much-needed economy bragging point for a struggling presidency. Our job market remains historically strong with unemployment at 3.6% and more than a million jobs created in the second quarter alone, the White House boasted on July 28th. But the revised numbers from the Philadelphia Federal... Um, I'm sorry... My screen is skipping on me for some reason. The Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia uh, shows that the real number is a tiny fraction of that. That only 10,500 jobs were added in that time frame. What is that, 1% of what they said? Senator Scott ripped the Biden administration for pushing inflated data on the American peeper. Peeper. 
<laughs> on the American public in a letter Tuesday to the Bureau of Labor Commissioner William Beach for the better part of his presidency while the American economy has struggled and record, record inflation has brought historic pain to families and small businesses across the country. President Joe Biden has constantly bragged about job growth, the, the uh, senator wrote. Now, thanks to the good work of the analysts of the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia, we know that the BLS inaccurately reported the creation of more than one million jobs and that much of the president of what the president has claimed credit for as the economic achievements for his administration was a lie. On Wednesday morning, Scott vowed to meet with Beach and learn precisely how the data was so grossly off the mark. And, and that's interesting, and it'll be interesting to hear the answers, because it's not like it was, uh, it's not like they came out and said a million jobs. We created a million jobs, and it was 900,000, right? <laughs> you said it was a million something, and it was just the something. While Biden admin touts, touts a successful economy, this report shows only 10,500 jobs were added between March and June of 22. An alarming dis- difference of about a thousand plus, or I'm sorry, a million plus jobs. So we need answers to this. So I guess my question, I mean, my question is this, and I kind of know the answer is why would you, why would you lie about that? Well, obviously you want to make yourself look good. So I asked an answer. Now, a question asked and answered, Your Honor. But I think. If you if you're employed, if you have a job, do the job numbers really matter to you? If you and your wife or your husband or whatever are gainfully employed, okay, and you're able to pay your bills, you might not be able to go out to eat as much, and you might have to cut back on certain items, whatever. But do the job numbers matter to you? The biggest thing that matters to you at this point is your inflation's going up and your paychecks not. But the job numbers, you have a job, so that doesn't really matter to you. So, why would you lie about that? And if they're lying about that, I shouldn't say if, but since they are, and we know they are, you have to ask the question, what else are they lying about? How many other things that we've been told that was so great about everything Joe Biden's doing isn't and it's it's almost like it pacifies their followers it gives their followers something to puff their chest up about oh look at all the job and like i've said since this guy's been president since not so much since he's been president but since he's been touting the job recovery and all this shit that once he passes that 11 million point he's creating jobs until then, he's not created shit. And he's still, that number still hasn't been passed. So, to, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, if you think I'm wrong, that's fine. We can talk about it. Go to our social media platforms. You can, you can message me on Facebook, Instagram at Don't Tread on America. You can go to uh, our website at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. You can go to the Twitter page. DTOM underscore 1775 and we can have this discussion but you can't prove to me that he's created 
any jobs. You can't. All right. On to the next story. This snuck in today. January 6th committee goes bye-bye. And I believe I called this one the other day also. So, um, if this banner would go, I could read to you. January 6th committee cancels Trump's subpoena with panel set to disband. Shocking. Once again, shocking. Um, whenever this committee started, don't know, don't care. It's been the biggest waste of time, biggest waste of taxpayer money to do this for a big nothing burger. I said this before. You can make the argument. Oh, look at all the people going to jail for J6. Look at, you just had a guy go the other day. Look at all the people. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I would venture to bet money that the majority of the people that are going to jail for J6 are going because they have shitty lawyer representation. Period. You've also seen plenty of people that were arrested for the same thing not go to jail. So if person A is you know is arrested and tried for whatever they're trying them for and he goes to jail or she goes to jail but then person B is arrested and tried for the exact same crime and he or she does not go to jail. Why do you think that is? And it comes down to money essentially. When you're arrested for a crime, you are promised legal representation, right? If you're, I don't know the Miranda rights off the top of my head, but what is it? If you can't afford an attorney, one will be provided for you, right? Okay, so do you think these government-appointed attorneys are going to fight for your right? No. They're government-appointed. Now... An attorney that you pay for? Are they going to fight for your right? Yeah. I think the best case was, and I don't recall the people's name, so whatever. But the best case was about two months ago, there was a gentleman tried for J6. And uh, essentially his paid-for attorney that he paid for, their argument against the prosecution was, (laughs) play that tape. (laughs) Play the beautiful bean footage. And the tape was essentially... Him entering the uh, Capitol building. And you could say, oh, well, there you go. He's entering the Capitol building. Yeah, the police were holding the door open for him. There's my argument. Why didn't more people make that same argument? Now, I will say this. I know there was some people that were up to no good. I'm not saying that January 6th was just a tourist convention. Majority of the people that were there were just there. You did have agitators. Um, but the majority of the people that were arrested were not those people. So the House J6 committee on Wednesday withdrew a subpoena issued to former President Donald Trump as the panel prepares to disband, according to the report. Committee Chairman Benny Thomas reportedly notified Trump's attorney on Wednesday that the panel's subpoena against the 76-year-old former president issued in October has been rescinded and that he is no longer needs to comply with the document's request. It goes on to say, In light of the in- intimate end of our investigation, 
the select committee can no longer pursue specific information covered by the subpoena. Therefore, through this letter, I hereby formally withdraw the subpoena issued to former Trump, President Trump and notify you that he's no longer obligated to comply or produce records to respond to the subpoena. And, once again, something that I said was going to happen. You subpoenaed him. He ain't going to go. Uh, J6 is going to go away because the, the, the Congress is now being ran by, or will be run by the Republicans. They're going to disband that committee. And what are they going to do with said committee? Not these people necessarily. They're going to start their own committees going after the FBI and the failure of the Hunter laptop uh, investigation and the Twitter situation and all this other bullshit. So they're just going to go from one bullshit committee to another bullshit committee. And that's just how it goes. That's government for you. All right. New news breaking today. Trump's tax returns released. I told you the other day that the tax returns were going to be released on Friday. They were. Okay. Cool. I also said, everyone's on vacation. <laughs> no one's going to talk about it. So I'm going to play a clip here. And this was from um, Tucker Carlson, where he had talked about this. And this was prior to the tax returns actually being released. So Democrats have been huffing about Donald Trump's tax returns for years now, like six years now. When you see what's in his tax returns, personal checks from Vladimir Putin. But you couldn't see him because people's tax returns are private. That's sacrosanct. But not with Donald Trump, because he's a bad man. So the normal laws don't apply, and Congress just grabbed his tax returns and then released them to the public. And you know what they show? They show that he got poorer in public service. Probably the only president in modern history who got poorer while serving as president. Compare that to Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell, both of whom have gotten very rich in, quote, air quotes now, public service. Trump lost tens of millions of dollars. So... It's not really a bombshell. It's actually kind of a case for Trump, isn't it? How is it not? How did Mitch McConnell get so rich? Does anyone ask that? No. Good question, though. And it is. Okay, so he says, you know, the first president in modern history to actually lose money. So we looked it up. <laughs> Presidential net worth before and after being president. Okay, you got Trump. You got Barack Obama. You got Clinton. Okay. And um, oh, uh, Trump, prior to his presidency, his net worth was $4.5 billion. Barack, $3 million. And Bill Clinton, $480,000. Okay, after presidency, Trump, $3.5 billion. That means he lost a billion dollars of net worth. Obama, over $40 million. Clinton, over a hundred million dollars, and that and that's not the only ones. I mean, both the Bushes, Reagan. Now a lot of that stuff they claim comes from speaking engagements and so on and so forth. And uh, I think you can make the argument that in my lifetime, the presidents that have left office and became richer wasn't necessarily because speaking how much how much you getting paid to speak it's because while you were president you probably scratched a lot of backs of a lot of certain people in a lot of countries including this one that paid you maybe they gave you money to be a board member 
or something, right? But then you can go on to to just go through his tax returns. So here's how he was able to pay so little. So his seven-year battle to keep the keep from the public from seeing his tax returns ended in defeat Friday. So they released him. Trump and his wife Melania paid seven hundred fifty dollars or less in federal income tax in 2016 and 17. The couple paid zero taxes in 2020. He claimed a $5.5 million refund, according to the returns that were that, uh, released by the House and Ways Committee. House Ways and Means Committee, I should say. In the uh, uh, three other years, Trump paid a significant amount of taxes as a share of his income. However, his payments were far below the average taxpayer's returns show he paid... Um, Six hundred forty-one thousand and fifteen, just under a million and eighteen, and one hundred thirty-three thousand and nineteen. So I'm going to ask this question, okay? If Trump's pay as president, what is it, four hundred thousand dollars or something like that, four twenty-five? I don't know what it is. He paid a million and eighteen. That's almost twice, twice, three times, whatever than what he made as a president seems like he paid his fair share or are they talking about his businesses the 2018 payment came on a reported just uh, adjusted gross income of 24 million dollars an effective tax rate of four percent by contrast the average American uh, in 2018 paid 15,000 in federal income tax with an average rate of about 13 percent since 77 blah 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 so what's the big deal okay so here's the thing here's the thing that's going to end up happening. I'm telling you right now. The House Ways and Means Committee is going to be controlled by Republicans now. Okay? What does that mean? Well, Biden in 2017 went from, in 2016 went from make, being in his uh, net worth a million dollars, I think it was, to 2017 going up to $20 million. So let's see that tax return. How do you gain that kind of net worth in one year? As a retired vice president, right? So all this really does is set precedent, in my opinion. And that's what Tucker was talking about. Is this a win? Well, yeah, I think it is because, okay, whatever. (laughs) Trump didn't pay hardly any taxes. Did he not pay taxes? No, he paid what he had to pay. And, you know, we could play from the, uh, from the debate, right? He doesn't want the American people, all of you watching tonight, to know that he's paid nothing in federal taxes because the only years that anybody's ever seen were a couple of years when he had to turn them over to state authorities when he was trying to get a casino license, and they showed he didn't pay any federal income tax. So that makes if me he's smart. paid zero. So there was that, right? And then there's this. Maybe. One thing I do is get rid of carried interest. The, one of the greatest provisions for people like me, to be honest with you. I give up a lot when I run because I knock out the tax code. And she could have done this years The United States, she was a United States senator. She complains that Donald Trump took advantage of the tax code. Well... Why didn't she change it? Why didn't you change it when you were a senator? 
The reason you didn't is that all your friends take the same advantage that I do. And I do. You have provisions in the tax code that, frankly, we could change. But you wouldn't change it because all of these people give you the money so you can take negative ads on Donald Trump. But, and I say that about a lot of things. You know, I've, I've heard Hillary complaining about so many different things over the years. I wish you'd have done this. But she's been there for 30 years. She's been doing this stuff. She never changed. And she never will change. She ne so, there's that. Okay? And those are their words. That was from a debate when they were both running for president. Then you had Dave Chappelle a couple weeks ago on SNL. And I'm watching the news now. They're declaring the end of the Trump era. Now, okay, I can see how in New York you might believe this is the end of his era. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I live in Ohio amongst the poor whites. <laughs> a lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I, I get it because I hear it every day. It's very loved. The reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. He's what I call an honest liar. Well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I'd never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs, this whole system is rigged, he said. And across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. It's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if in fact the system is rigged, as you suggest, what would be your evidence? Remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. <laughs> and then he pulled out an Illuminati membership card and chopped a line of cocaine up and did it right into the podium. No one had ever heard someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. <laughs> and then he said, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't, because your friends and your donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. And with that, my friends, Star was born. <laughs> no one had ever seen anything like that. No one had ever seen somebody come from inside of that house, outside, and tell all the commoners, we are doing everything that you think we are doing <laughs> inside of that house. And they just went right back in the house and started playing the game again. <laughs> the Democrats were sore losers. I'm a Democrat, I'm telling you, as soon as he won, they started started saying all that he's colluding with Russia, he's colluding with Russia. It was very embarrassing as a Democrat, but as time went on. So, <clears throat> and that's, you know, I know uh, Chappelle in one of his specials caught a lot of flack for um, him talking about this stuff. He's not lying. You heard it. I played the clips. So what this does is set precedent. Like I said, you're going to have the Republicans in charge of um, of committees. They're going to do the same thing. Now, or <laughs> I shouldn't say they're going to. One would hope that they will uh, go after some of these people 
and and demand to see Pelosi and Biden and all these people's tax returns. And they have no argument because the precedent has been set. So, I think it's going to be a situation of, uh, you're going to reap what you sow type situation. All right. So, this was a something that Chris and I were talking about. This was sent to me by the executive producer of the Don't Tread on America podcast. Don't Tread on America, I should say, podcast. Uh, Christopher J. McGillicuddy. He's been a while since he's been on the show trying to get the son of a bitch to come back so we can do a DTOM file or just shoot the shit. So hopefully, hopefully next year sometime. <laughs> and by next year, I mean like within the next couple of weeks. I can get his funky button here and we can drink some whiskey and talk some shit. I don't know what about, but nonetheless. So he sends me this story this morning. And uh, simply, I'm going to ask a question. And uh, for any of you guys listening to this from Arkansas, what's going on in Arkansas? Everyone, citizens of Eudora, as you all are well aware, our city has been recently plagued with senseless acts of violence, which has led me to declare a state of civil emergency curfew effective immediately for all citizens between the hours of 8 p.m. and 6 a.m. The only exceptions would be for medical emergencies and for employment. The loitering statute will be strictly enforced during this time, and a copy of that statute can be picked up at City Hall. Should you be caught during curfew hours, you will be subject to being stopped and searched. Other agencies have been contacted in order to assist with this endeavor. There will be a town hall meeting on Thursday, December 29th at 6 p.m. at the Commerce Building to give an update to all citizens about the recent acts of violence that have occurred in our city. Please, ma'am, please, sir, your assistance is greatly appreciated and it is needed. If you have any information that can be used towards a possible arrest, Please contact Bill. Okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> the interesting thing about this video, so this was taken off of the city, the, <laughs> she says city, <laughs> city's uh, Facebook page. Okay, city, number one, my our city, our city. Okay, if you choose to look up this video, just you can go on Twitter and type in the search uh, curfew in Arkansas, and this will come up. The craziest thing about this video, so there's the mayor. And she's sitting down reading her statement there. And behind her is four police officers. Okay, so there's three white police officers and a, and a black police officer. When she says the words, uh, curfew, whatever it was, the the black the, the three white dudes are just fucking stone-faced, dead looking at the camera. The black dude's kind of looking at the camera. And then when she says about the curfew and whatever, he was like, what the fuck? You see him look around as like looking at the other guys like, what the fuck is she just like? But, um, <laughs> so, and then the city part of that, okay? Well, let me tell you about the city of Endora, or Eudora, I should say, uh, Arkansas. <laughs> the town has, town has 1,700 people as of the most recent census and that's actually down 500 people from the previous census so you're not a city I don't know technically what the definition of a city is 
versus a town or, or whatever. But if you go to Google Maps and search Eudora, Arkansas, it is one of those one street, one red light, you know, town, old town thing. Okay. It's, it's not a city. And doing research, yes, the crime is high in this town. But oddly enough, in this county and the surrounding hmm, cities, towns, crime is as high, if not higher, than it is in Eudora. Now, I, I'm not going to read you numbers like, oh, there's been... 50 burglaries. There's been, uh, what was it, 26 thefts. There's been, you know, because you could say, okay, well, it's 50 burglaries. That's 20. Per capita, it's, it's high because there's only 1,700 people living in the town, right? No murders, no shootings, no, it's all, for the most part, what I could find was all theft and burglary and stuff like that. So, um, the curfew is going to run through till next week. Okay. The, I guess the biggest question is why? So you're saying for crime, for burglary, and for theft. Okay. The burglary and theft is still going to happen. I'm sorry to tell you this. I can't imagine that if I'm watching this video and the town of Eudora has obviously their own police force, okay? And the reason I say obviously they have their own police force, I don't know how things work in Arkansas and other states, but I do know in Florida, for the most part, at least in the area that I live, um, there's a lot of small towns, small Eudora-type towns, Okay. Now, some of these towns have their own police force, okay? But also, some of these towns that have had their own police force couldn't afford their own police force because the town was so small, they didn't have the revenue to pay police officers. So what happened was the, the county um, sheriff took over. So then there would be a substation in that town, right? So you'd have, uh, you know, whatever county, uh, the that town's name. It's still the, you know, sheriff's department, but they're specifically designated for that town. You see what I'm saying? So my point being is this. In a town of 1,700 people, how much tax revenue do you suppose the town is is getting to afford a police force. I'm watching a video with the mayor. She's sitting there with four police officers behind her. I'd be willing to bet that there's not many more. Do you understand what I'm saying? There might be four more people. I, I don't know. I don't in this article it doesn't specify. Only thing it talks about is the officers, some of the officers are way way um that they've reached out to county and state law enforcement because some of the officers are working 16-hour shifts. Well, <laughs> there's probably not many more than these four guys, if I'm just 
you know, taking a guess. And I'm not saying that there's not, but I guarantee you there's not many more. Just just how it is. To the point where in a lot of these small towns, at least in Florida, I know this as a fact, that your mayors of these small towns, it's almost like a part-time job. And what I mean by that is, you might be the mayor of Eudora, Arkansas, but you're not making enough money as mayor of Eudora to live your life. You probably, I would be willing to bet, unless there's some shenanigans going on with Tamika Butler, the mayor of Eudora, that she probably, unless her husband, assuming she's married, um, has a decent job, she probably works <laughs> works another job. And I'm not laughing at her. Ha ha ha! You got to work two jobs. I'm not saying that. My point being is this: these small towns don't have budgets. They don't have those kind of budgets to pay a mayor fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to be able to be the mayor. They don't have the budgets to pay police officer have a nice force of, let's say, one police officer for every hundred people. Right? That would require them to have what seventeen police officers. I guarantee you, they don't have that. I guarantee you, they don't have seventeen police officers. I bet you they have half that. So one police officer for every 200 people. Okay? That's that's kind of difficult. And I might be guessing high. But um, why is crime? Why did all of a sudden this crime skyrocket? It? Well, this whole area, not just in this town, but that, like I said, the whole area is crime's high. Per capita, the, the straight numbers aren't that high. Like it says here that um, there was a situation, where is it at, where people died. No, authorities identified. So there was a a shooting on uh, Christmas Eve. Authorities identified a victim of the shooting, 47-year-old Martine Frazzle, and they added uh, that 40-year-old Jermaine Lindsay was also injured. So, like, the statistics I found as far as crime were, weren't, were like, up-to-date. They weren't as of yesterday. They were as of last year. But, um, so you had this one incident, and she put the whole town on curfew for, so this, this actually took place on, what, Monday till next Wednesday? You're going to stop the crime in that week? So I was talking to Chris. I was like, what's in Eudora? What, what's what's in this town? He looks it up. He goes to Google Maps. He finds it. You zoom in, and it's literally just a pissant small town and not making fun of anybody. If you happen to be from Eudora, Arkansas, uh, I'm not making fun of your town. But... I grew up in a town similar to Eudora here in Florida. It is what it is. Uh, there's a Dollar General. There's a there's a you know a couple of convenience stores, a couple of liquor stores. You know, some maybe a gas station, uh, maybe a mom and pop grocery store. There's not much there. So, in other words, if ten years ago during the last curf- or last uh, census, there was. Uh, 22-something hundred people there. Now there's 17. People are leaving the area, whether it's because of crime or lack of work, probably, 
which is also probably a reason for the crime. I'm not saying there's any good reason for crime. My point being is you don't work. <laughs> you know, people got to live. Uh, and it's and it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You don't work, we'll get a job. Well, if there's no jobs to get, we'll move. Well, if you don't have the money to move, you know, it's, it's, you just can't just up and go, you know. It doesn't work like that. So this will be something interesting to kind of pay attention to. You're not going to solve your issues in a week. The the shooting on Christmas Eve that involved these two people didn't involve the whole town. It wasn't like it was a mass shooting at the Walmart because they don't have a Walmart. They have a Dollar General. It wasn't a mass shooting at the school. It wasn't a school shooting. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It was a shooting. doesn't really go into detail, but if I had to guess, between two people on Christmas Eve... It's not a, in my opinion, a curfew-worthy thing. Crime in this area has been per capita out of control for years. It's not like all of a sudden. So why the curfew after the shooting? I will say this, the last few years, really no shootings, no murders. Was this the the piece that took, you know, took the cake, right? Or... Is there something else going on in Eudora, Arkansas on the next D-Chomp show? And and this story will go away. No one's even talking about it. This is something that we just kind of stumbled upon. And I wanted to tell you all about it so you can do your own research. If you find anything on this, send it our way. Facebook, Don't Tread on America, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Tom underscore seventeen seventy five. Also, website don't try dot com. But uh, if you're from Arkansas and you're more familiar with this story, send us whatever you got. We're going to keep researching this because I'm just curious as to why the curfew for you know seven eight days. It kind of doesn't make sense to me. Shooting, okay, yeah, there's shootings everywhere all the time. I get it. You're a small town. I, I just don't get it. Anyway. All right, guys. With that being said, it is December 30th, 2022. I just want to tell you guys thank you for the support you've given us this year. And hopefully we continue to grow into the next year. And that will only happen with your guys' help. So please... Share this with your friends. Follow us on social media. Share the post on the social media platforms with your friends. And let's let's continue to grow in 2023. And hopefully, hopefully, we can become one of the higher rated podcasts. But that only can be to your help. Because I'm going to tell you one other thing. I really like doing this. Okay. But I can see the numbers every day. And for those of you that know me, I'm very, uh, I have anxiety and I'm very neurotic. Okay. So I check the numbers, not every day, uh, multiple times during the day. Why? I don't know. It's just who I am. I uh, also get very discouraged when I see the numbers drop. Okay. And I'm not wham wham boo hoo me, because it doesn't matter. They say a decent podcast. If you're getting, 
26 to 30 downloads within the first week of releasing the show, you're doing fine. And we're, we're there. We're doing that. And then some. I just want to do more. <laughs> I want to be greedy. I want more. I want, I'm like the, you know, little glue-sniffing elf. Build model airplanes. Oh. Um, so, I want to... The more downloads I see, the more listening that I see, the more encouraged I'll be to continue to do this and maybe do more shows. I want to really start mixing in the get off my lawn, not so much segments. I'm going to do those as drops. Those will be just its own little thing. So just give me some encouragement, guys. So my New Year's resolution to you guys is to be consistent. Try to stay consistent. And I need your resolution to me to be to help us grow. So, with that being said, guys, like I said, it's December 30th, 2022. And I will talk to you next year. That's right. Dad joke to end the show. All right, guys, you have a great day. And uh, peace out. <laughs>